podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast. This is a podcast on Test Cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. We are recording this episode on the 19th of February. Thank you for all your support. Uh, do keep listening to our podcast and uh, do not forget to introduce this to your uh, cricket-loving friends. We really appreciate that. Um, you can find us on uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, and any other uh, podcasting platform that you may use. Uh, just look for Armchair Cricket Podcast and you should be find us there quite easily. Um, please uh, leave us uh, a five-star rating um, and uh, share your thoughts and feedback uh, in uh, the comment section on whichever platform you use. You can uh, reach out to us by email on armchair.cricket at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at armchaircrickpod. Um, you can find us uh, active during uh, an ongoing match there on Twitter. You can join us uh, for a banter. Uh, by the way, we also have a Facebook page now. Um, just look for Armchair Cricket Podcast and uh, you should be able to find us there. Do not forget to like our page. Uh, if you have difficulty in finding our Facebook page, you can uh, find a link to that in the description below. Um, um, our uh, thoughts and prayers are with those uh, who were affected by the tragic event at Pulvama. Um, so, yeah, our condolences to all the uh, all the bereaved. Um, having said that, um, I have with me today uh, Ajit. Uh, hello, Ajit. How are you doing? Hello, Giri. Good evening. I'm doing good. How have you been? Not bad, not bad. Not a lot of test cricket uh, between uh, this episode and the previous one. Uh, we just Indeed. finished the one with uh, between uh, South Africa and uh, Sri Lanka, the epic one. Um, looking forward to this week because there is more coming up. I would say it's a good thing, right? I think we got a bit of a chance to reflect on how good the victory was for Sri Lanka and also catch our breath, so to say. Yeah. No, it was yeah. such a exhilarating victory, exhilarating yeah, test cricket overall. Right. So that's a good thing. Now... Um, before we go into some of the events that we can look at this week, shall we quickly visit the trivia question from last week? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the trivia question last week or the last episode was, who are the only two players to have achieved a victory by one wicket in tests twice? So at this week, we have uh, two people who had an attempted at the answer and they got an answer right. So an anonymous user who would not uh, leave a name uh, got the first part of the answer, right? One player, right? And uh, a friend of ours, Yashwant, I understand, got the second uh, player, right? So, the answers are Inzamam Ulhak from Pakistan and Courtney Walsh from West Indies. So, if you were to quickly look at the matches that they were involved in. So, first I'll take a look at Walsh because I think he deserves a special mention. Uh, we all know how uh, good he is or he was with the batting, with the bat. Yeah. So, he deserves a special mention here because uh, the first time he kept company uh, to uh, win the match was he kept Priyan Lara's company. So this was a test against uh, Australia 
in Bridgetown in 1999, where uh, Walsh kept uh, Brian Lara company, where Brian Lara scored an identical 153. I think you mentioned this match in the previous yeah. episode as well. Right? So, mm-hmm. in this match, uh, Walsh took seven wickets and also was able to hang around for five balls, which is always required, uh, and uh, Lara completed the task. Right? So, in the second such event where Walsh was involved, he was this time supporting his captain, Jimmy Adams. And again in this match, Walsh took uh, six wickets. And in both these matches, he had a five for each. right? And uh, he, um, in this case, was able to keep out 24 balls. So by Walsh, uh, Walsh's batting prowess, I think that's a very good effort. He was able to hang around for more than an hour and a quarter almost in order to keep Jimmy Adams' company and win this match mm-hmm. for West Indies. So it was again a nail-biter. So this was the contribution from Walsh, the tail-ender, who supported another main batsman. But the second player who was able to achieve it was Inzamam, who was, the let's say, the main batsman in both those tests that he won. So in the first of those tests, that was in Karachi in 1994, where Shane Vaughan took a lot of wickets in the match but could not win the match for Australia. And I think we mentioned this in the last last episode, Mm -hmm. where, you know, the buys four runs that won the match for Pakistan and Inzamam was uh, batting very low. He was uh, mm-hmm. batting at number 8 and he scored a 58 not out. And in this last wicket partnership with Mushtaq Ahmad, Mushtaq Ahmad contributed as many runs as well. He scored a 20 uh, out of 30 balls. So it was a very you know energetic partnership, very much like uh, what we saw last uh, you know last match, but uh, at least the last number 11 was contributing. In the next such instance where Inzamam was able to win a match with Pakistan, we already discussed in the previous episode. It was against Bangladesh. So this was in 2003 in Multan, where, as we discussed, uh, a few Bangladesh players were left in tears when they couldn't clinch the match. And this was a really special innings from Inzamam, where he scored 138 not out, chasing 262 to win. Uh, The second highest score in that innings was 37. So it was a really special innings that he made more than 100 runs more than the next highest player. And then, uh, you know, just to round up this discussion, I'm very curious where Kusal Pereira's innings would end up in the list of, you know, batting rankings in tests. I think it's going to be in the top five probably or in the top ten for sure. So I'm very curious to uh, look out at some statisticians who may already be researching into this. And we may get to see some articles about this in the coming months. So I'm very curious about this. So that was that special in innings, right? So now... Moving onwards, uh, I think let's quickly do a preview of the South Africa versus Sri Lanka second test coming up, Kiri. What are your yeah. thoughts on this? Um, so, uh, we're just recovering from that nail-biter, like you said, uh, which happened in Durban last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have another one coming up. Um, so, the main question is, uh, will Sri Lanka be able to pull off a serious victory against South Africa? And become the first South Asian team to win in, uh, you know, in South Africa, South African conditions. Um, this is a, uh, let's not forget that this is a two-test match series. Uh, South Africa, sorry, Sri Lanka has already won the first match, so all they need is just a draw, uh, and they will be able to clinch the series. It will be an interesting uh, match. Uh, look forward to that. Um, so it's being played at Port Elizabeth. Uh, it's on the Eastern Cape, so. Uh, at the coast, basically, um, Port Elizabeth uh, happens to be the home ground of one Mr. Sean Pollock, uh-huh. the, great, the great all-rounder. <laughs> indeed, um, indeed. Yeah, so it's it's uh, traditionally, I think this uh, pitch has been quite slow uh, compared to uh, uh, you know compared to pitches in the high field. 
uh, as they call, for example, in Centurion or at, uh, um, you know, uh, at uh, Boring, Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. um, so this is expected to be slow, you know, and uh, the kind of traditional uh, and the kind of cricket that you expect to see here is more attritional. So occupation at the crease, um, mm -hmm. you know, playing a long innings, not scoring at a very high pace. That's the expectation mm -hmm. here. Um, so spin is also expected to come into the picture at some point of time. Um, and so so the, the, the question here is, what will the team balance look like? Um, who are South Africa going to play, South Africa going to play and who are uh, uh, Sri Lanka going to play? Uh, first things first, uh, South Africa will be, uh, you know, uh, will be will not be able to uh, play Vernon Philander because he had an hamstring strain uh, uh, during the last match. Mm -hmm. So he's expected to sit out or he will he will sit out for sure. Uh, and that's for, and that's basically the end of uh, summer for him, test summer uh, mm -hmm. season for him. Uh, so he will not be able to play another test match because there is World Cup coming up and uh, there is South African domestic ODI season. Um, and uh, he may get a chance to prove himself there and even... Uh, Claim a spot in the World Cup squad, you never know, because the World yeah. Cup is in England, so it might be a good option to play Vernon Philander. Whether he's up to it, that's another story. Of course. Um, so uh, the replacement coming in for Vernon Philander is uh, Vian Mulder. Uh, he is uh, an all-rounder. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can say he's a like-for-like -like replacement. Uh, so he's also a swing bowler and is uh, a good batsman, a lower down uh -huh. order. He's uh -huh. an all-rounder. So, um, so will South Africa play him? Probably. Um, uh -huh. I don't know what other changes they, 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 they will have to make in the squad. There is also a talk about uh, bringing in an extra batsman like uh, Tionis De Bruyne. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on this because uh, we, we, we need to see what uh, other team news uh, will be there uh, uh, before the test match because it's still two days away. You're right. A lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, right. So one of those changes might be enforced. Vian Mulder might take uh, the place of uh, Vernon Philander. I think he started, he's very young and he started his career as a, you know, a promising batsman who could bowl fast. So he's also known very well for his batting in the South African domestic circuit. And as you correctly mentioned, the other change that we could probably look forward to is uh, probably somebody like Duane Olivier, who might uh, yeah. not be required on this slightly slower and a more attritional sort of a pitch. And mm. uh, either South Africa could include uh, somebody like Zubair Hamza or, mm -hmm. as you said, uh, Theonis de Brown. We'll have to see which one of those might make it to the team. I have a feeling uh, Duane Olivier might not be required on this pitch. So we'll have to see. Because after all, Mulder can also bowl. So you would still go in with three fast bowlers, two fast bowlers and one medium pacer, let me put it like that, and a spinner. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and I think Zubair Hamza can bowl a bit. So that might be something, if I'm not wrong, he also can roll his arm over, you know. Okay. So might might work in his uh, favor, if I'm not wrong. Right. So Kesha Maharaj would still uh, be in play, I think, because it's a slow pitch. So he exactly. might, you, you, you will probably expect him to play. Yeah. What about uh, this guy, Tabrez uh, Shamsi? Would he get a chance? I don't know if he's ever played Test cricket for South Africa. Is he? Uh, no, I don't think he has. And if I'm not wrong, he's not a part of the squad. Okay. So okay. at least as things stand, he okay. might be added to the squad. That that could still happen. But uh, as far as I know, he's not a part of the squad and he may not get to play really. I, I think mm -hmm. they're sort of look at looking at Tabaresh Shamsi as a uh, one-day option at this point in time, South Africa. Especially with the World Cup coming up, they would like to keep, uh, I think, two uh, risk spinners. 
right okay so therefore uh, okay yeah go on no um uh, what do you think about sri lankan uh, squad will they retain the same squad i would think? say yes that that would make sense uh it it would i don't know if they want to do a change at the very top of the order because they have two uh, you know not very successful openers one of those is a captain so karunaratna mm-hmm. will retain his spot but they may look to shake it up a little you know they may let um, tirimanna out of the squad and they may you know promote dikwela to open who are, who does it in the short shortened formats right Hmm. so and because of the results of some of the batting from the last week they may shake up their order a little so okay. so one of the other uh, blows they have suffered on the tour is chamika karuna ratna who was a uh, fast bowler in the squad has been released and another bowler has been in, inducted in his place so okay. bowling might more or less remain the same but they could include somebody like uh, sirivardana for example or um, you know um, yeah they may actually look to strengthen the top order by adding or give one more bowling option who could roll a few uh, mm-hmm. overs in so sirivardhana looks like a good candidate at this stage so we'll have to see what sri lanka also do but i expect the majority of the team to be the same maybe one or two changes here and there that's all okay and uh, the lower middle order like dhananjay adi silva will he stay at number 6 So I have a feeling up. he might stay especially if Tikwala moves up the order I think Naranja mm-hmm. De Silva will retain his spot at 6 so he might not be at 7 but at 6 and Kushal right. will come in at 5 yeah obviously exactly and I think uh, the Srivardhana might follow both of these people he might bat at 7 something like this okay it remains to be seen how they plan to uh, bolster their lineup and of course there is the cricket saying right you don't change a winning combination it might as well just be that they might you know tariman tirumana might get another test and they might just retain the whole squad we'll we'll see how this goes okay okay, okay. it's 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 interesting um you know and in the uh, aftermath of the first test match uh, mm-hmm. which sri lanka won mm-hmm. uh, kushal perera has jumped up Uh, 58 places in the latest test rankings that have been announced by ICC, and he has moved up to the 40th position now. That's uh-huh. quite a jump, I would say. That's a of big course. leap. Of course, of um, course. And uh, not surprisingly, because of his consi- consistent performances during the Australian summer, um, mm-hmm. Pat Cummins mm-hmm. uh, has moved up to the top position of uh, you know uh, test bowlers. Okay, so I think well deserved, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Cummins. Um, Uh, you had something else to say about Sri Lankan news about uh, bowler coming back to the squad. Well, I think yeah. Akila Dananjaya. This is more of uh, he'll not be making the Test squad, but he's he's a he's going to be a part of the One Day squad for the upcoming One Day series. Okay. Uh, he's basically cleared his uh, action. His action has been cleared, and he can resume bowling for Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. He's been inducted back into the team, right? Mm-hmm. So there there have been some some other. shakeups again by sri lankan board which was sort of unexpected chandimal who was left out of the test series has been left out of the one day series as well okay. so it's it, it's a bit of a shock because now i'm really wondering uh, what are they planning to do at the world cup if they really take a really green team to the world cup because chandimal would be you you would think is very very crucial right uh, but he's not there and of course uh, angelo matthews is not at recovered mm okay So uh, you know, um, if you remember from one of our previous podcasts, we discussed uh, Angelo Pereira, the first-class cricketer who scored two twin hundreds in a first-class yeah. match. Mm-hmm. He's made it into the one-day team on back of some good batting. And uh, Oshada Fernando, who was who's already on tour, he's been retained in the one-day squad. 
also we get to see something something special something very unique as always uh, from sri lankan cricket kamindu mendes do you remember this guy giri uh, no not actually okay he sort of made his name in t20s and he sort of came to light as a person who can bowl uh, with both hands so he bowls right arm off spin and left arm wrist spin so he is in the squad mm-hmm. along with the other left arm wrist spinner okay. who's uh, laksh uh, the sandakan you know lakshan sandakan so yeah. these two guys are there and so basically again the squad wears a very raw or a very greenish outlook and taranga mm-hmm. comes back in so that that gives them a bit of uh, bit of experience at the top right mm-hmm. yeah that's about it yeah. yeah and uh, before we wrap this up uh, you know uh-huh. the test match is going to start on the 21st uh, yeah, that's yeah. two days from now so mm-hmm. it's on friday sorry on thursday in fact yeah uh, and looking back on uh, the, the the at the previous test match that was played here uh, between the two teams south africa and uh, sri lanka mm-hmm. uh, it was in 2016 and south africa had won that by a massive 206 runs wow. um, okay. so um so sri lanka will have to uh, come up with the goods to avoid such kind of uh, result but i think they are better equipped this time hopefully let's see if they can put up a, a better performance this time round okay. there is every chance they will uh, they can so look forward sure. to that yeah sure i i think this will be a very engrossing contest south africa never takes a beating lightly and this was not mm-hmm. a good one so i think they'll be very keen to bounce back and i think we can expect a very good contest yeah i and, have and, a feeling mm-hmm. it will not be a one sided contest it will be a tough fight yeah but you know at least uh, faf uh, south african captain was magnanimous magnanimous about the defeat uh, he said mm-hmm. he gave full credit to south africa uh, sorry uh, sri lanka and uh, kushal pereira uh, the way they especially kushal pereira batted so that that was good on good on him you know because he was very magnanimous and uh, it was gracious in defeat yeah That's but there are I'm... areas for improvement uh, of course for south africa and they will come back for sure. so i have a feeling i think yeah. uh, they were not uh, adequate in the second innings you know that total mm-hmm. was a bit bit under yeah. par they ended up giving sri lanka a tough chase which sri lanka you know won so uh, that that was a good wrap up i think we we'll discuss the upcoming uh, one of the upcoming episodes probably even the, the very next one mm. what the result of this test match might be so it's a good one to look forward to right yeah uh, now if you were to quickly look at uh, the odi series that is coming up also between uh, west indies and uh, england this one starts on 20th the first match of the series yeah. so there is hardly 100 days from the world cup and both the teams would be gearing up and mm-hmm. they i think this england one day team is a different beast altogether right they are one yeah. of the favorites for the tournament yeah. and of course holder comes back for the west indies so mm-hmm. right so also we have already discussed in one of the previous episodes chris gale has been uh, added into the squad but uh, due to some last minute changes so uh, West Indies have lost a couple of players and they've had to recall um, uh, Carlos Brathwaite as well into the squad. So this you are looking for him and he's being yeah, I'm happy to the squad. So he's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think if you were to look at this uh, just as a preview for the very first match, I think West Indies uh, will have a tough time against this England team which I think tops 300 in on a bad day. So yeah. this will be low slow pitches there the first one there is it is on is in Bridgetown. so uh, it's already been they played a test there so it will be an interesting one uh, yeah. the other thing well i don't know if you saw what was in the news in the last couple of days uh, ian morgan the england one day captain was saying he really does not expect jofra archer to be a part of the squad 
even though okay. there's a lot of clamor going on about jofra archer's inclusion okay. uh, sort of he was he was non committal he was he did not say yes yes we would like him in the squad that's how he left it he sort of say, uh, said uh, he would leave it to the selectors because you know there there are players like uh, liam plunkett who also bowls a very heavy mm-hmm. ball and can hit the mm-hmm. ball long and hard this guy sort of in and around the england squad for a while right so uh, and chris chris works is there david willey yeah. might come back into the picture so uh, there are other people who are sort of ahead of the skew and let's not forget mark wood who suddenly is back in the limelight after yeah. his in the last yeah, test yeah. right but you know oh. what uh, uh, owen morgan uh, in one of his earlier interviews i think it must have been a couple of months ago mm. he had actually inclined towards uh, you know um, including jofra archer uh, in the uh, squad if given with a chance interesting i, I thought that's that's what he said uh, some time ago and now he's probably backtracking on that i don't know and because we'll i see. think he has to keep the morale up because there is a guy called uh, mark wood who is uh, uh-huh. really well right now so i think is just making the uh, squad you know players a bit secure about their uh, position of course yeah. look at this um, late stage maybe they are not really uh, they are not really keen mm. but yes you are probably right that uh, the way he put it let me put it like this earlier this month what ian morgan said is jofra archer will have to earn his way into the england team mm. you are absolutely right he sounded excited late last year he sounded very excited about jofra archer having a possibility of playing in england team but uh, recently as recently as the first week of february he seemed to say that you know um, jofra archer is 23 so he has a lot of time to play international mm-hmm. cricket for england and also he said that he'll have to earn his place just like very much like what uh, morgan himself had to do he had yeah. he had to earn his place and then now he's the skipper of england so something like this jofra archer he may or may not qualify but he'll have to earn his place because there's already a pecking order of fast bowlers set up yeah. right this is what i meant but, but you know what one thing is for sure uh, england mm-hmm. batting is very strong uh, mm-hmm. just in the warm up game uh, uh, both uh, jorut and uh, this guy uh, jason roy both of them scored centuries remember that i one? see uh, yeah I, see. i think this was just yesterday in fact indeed indeed so yeah so yeah it looks like you know uh, when it comes to gale at least mm. he likes the limelight yeah <laughs> <laughs> he did say that you know uh, the crowds at the caribbean will get one last chance to see him play one day cricket before the world cup maybe his very last time he said mm-hmm. on these shores right he has claimed that he will retire after the world cup from odis giri the universe yeah. boss right? yeah um so he's he's effectively 273 runs short of 10000 runs in one day cricket so what we were discussing earlier sort of a swan song as well as a chance to complete this landmark he may have sort of had a talk with the selectors about this and maybe they they are sort of inclined yeah. to you know give him this chance because uh, speaking even before the one day series is done uh, about playing in the world cup seemed sort of bombastic but that's how chris gill does it right because he did he did claim that you know the tournament uh, should be won by the youngsters of west indian cricket for him as it uh, okay to they always do him basically exactly <laughs> also this is a very interesting interview from i think george dobell wrote this so he said that um, you know uh, england should invite him to the 100 if they kick it off in 2020 he should be a part of it he said because he was the one that exploded t20 so he'll be the one that explodes 100 by playing in the very first tournament he claimed right right wow so he believes he believes in his um, myth at least one person does so that's good to you know well i expect nothing less uh, from chris kale <laughs> <laughs> of course of course no but he does talk 
and walk sometimes it does both but so. you have to uh, spare a thought for him because uh, you know even though he was not part of this odi squad he has been playing cricket all around the year with all these franchises uh, you know uh, t20 so i think that that uh, will uh, help him mm-hmm. to have some kind of fitness because he, you need to keep playing to have that fitness as well as the skill uh, you know part of your uh, of course uh, yeah so i think it's important for him to do that even so though it might that. be a diminishing sort of a skill i think he's still very potent right yeah. order yeah. right if he comes off if he even goes for 20 25 overs west indies would be set up with a very good platform because they sort of play their one day cricket very old school where they mm. sort of look to start very slow and get to get to 130 140 by the 30th over and then explode if chris mm. gill goes off at the top of the order they might actually match england total for total right yeah I don't know how it will work out in a chase. At least when they're setting setting up a total, he would really help. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, all right. So maybe we can move on to the next uh, ongoing uh, one day that is between uh, New Zealand and Bangladesh. Yeah. So this is the third one day. It has just started. It's officially the twentieth of February, but uh, uh, it has already started in our time zone. So it's nineteenth, uh, just close to midnight, and it's just started. So um, New Zealand um, have made three changes. They have Saudi who replaces Henry, and then uh, Munro has been uh, chosen to replace Williamson, and um, Astle has been. Uh, I think he's out injured. I wouldn't say mm. dropped. So he's out injured, and Chantner replaces him, right? So Bangladesh won the toss and elected to field. Interestingly, right? Yeah. And Tom Latham will wear the captain's band. for this match for new zealand i think oh. they are also trying out a few options yeah so, grooming him probably yeah exactly exactly he he does have some captaincy potential and some pedigree is what i read previously so they are trying out a few things so the match is already into the 11th over and uh, new zealand are 53 for 1 colin munro who was given another opportunity to sort of press a claim for the world cup squad has failed by the looks of it he's been out uh, on a, for a cheap score of 8 he's been taken out by mashaf murtaza right at the top also when it comes to bangladesh they have made one change right they have brought mm-hmm. in a bowler for a batsman they have brought in rubel hussain who will be replacing uh, mohammad mithun this seems like a bit of a left field selection for me simply because uh, mohammad mithun was uh, the highest scorer in their previous two matches right unless uh, maybe he's injured i have not yet followed up on this do you know anything about this no i have no idea actually i'm just looking at the score myself so All right. This is new. All right. All right. So yeah, I think uh, I just read that uh, Mohammad Mithun has been injured and uh, he has a hamstring strain, so he's he's sort of not available for about two weeks. So as a result, yeah. uh, he has had to be replaced. Okay. Uh, that was the quick uh, roundup. Let's see how this match goes. I think we can cover it in detail in the upcoming episodes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Moving on to the uh, other things uh, in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, we just had the big bash, uh, uh, big bash league finalized uh-huh. um, uh, last last weekend. In fact, yeah, uh, it was a match between the two Melbourne teams, Melbourne Stars and Melbourne Renegades. Uh, uh-huh. And in the end, Melbourne Renegades uh, came out as victors. Of course. So it was basically down to uh, uh, Aaron Finch versus Jimmy Mac- James Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, sorry. um and uh, aaron finch uh, won this uh, ma- you know uh, this match and then uh, <clears throat> this was primarily due to uh, a good all-round per- performance by uh, dan christian mm-hmm. uh, the veteran uh, crusader mm-hmm. um i think uh, one important thing here is uh, melbourne stars were very 
nicely poised at the end of 10 overs to win this match. There were 90-odd runs uh, in 10 overs and they, they were only wow. looking at a score of 145, 150, even less than 150 runs. Yeah. Um, so, 145. So, they had a target of 146. Mm-hmm. But w- once they lost uh, Marcus Toynis, they kind of had a collapse and they never got there in the end. They were seven down at the end of 20 overs and they were only, I think they they lost it by 13 runs. So, it was uh, an, yeah, kind of uh, anticlimax uh, to the whole tournament. Uh, but I think Melbourne Renegades were deserved winners. I think uh, they, they, um, they deserve to win this and... Uh, Good for mm-hmm. Finch because he has uh, one trophy up his sleeve now, so it's good. Good indeed. Point. Yeah, he's the Australian captain, probably. Yeah. The one-day format heading to the World Cup, so I think it's good. It's a good boost for him, of course. But yeah. I really feel for uh, Glenn Maxwell and the, <laughs> you know, stars. It was such an anticlimax. You're absolutely right that you know Glenn Maxwell, he himself could not do much. They had a mm-hmm. real meltdown. You're absolutely right. Chasing uh, 146 to win, they were so well placed that at the end of 13 overs. They were uh, they lost Toynis, as you said. Yeah. From then it was a it was not even it was not very tough. It was hardly run a ball, and in T20 that's nothing, right? It was a yeah. pure panic, I think. One of those uh, classic panics that spreads through the dressing room, and then they ended up uh, you know not being able to choose, finish off the match, and uh, they had a series of single digit scores between the batsman number three to batsman number seven, and then that really cost them the match. And of course, uh, credit has to be given to. Um, you know, the Christian, Dan Christian, this yeah. journeyman cricketer who has represented Australia in the past. But, yeah. you know, he's probably a bit long in the tooth near the end of the uh, mm-hmm. near the end of his career. But now he was the man of the match in both the semi-final and the final. Deservedly, because he also contributed to the bat in the final. He made a 30-ball 38 and kept uh, Tom Cooper company as they set up sort of a middling sort of a total, not a really challenging one. But mm-hmm. uh, in spite of that, no, they were able to win. I think I heard multiple people from the Melbourne Renegade squad, Tom Cooper, Aaron Finch, everybody expressing a bit of a surprise how they got away with winning it. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the end, that's all that matters, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Indeed, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So maybe we can go through a couple of the miscellaneous uh, topics that are uh, out there in the cricketing world. So um, first thing is that uh, we read that uh, IMG Reliance, which was a broadcasting partner, for PSL's fourth season, you know, for the television coverage deal and so on, has uh, decided to pull out of the deal. You know, they, they've claimed a force majeure and uh, they've decided to pull out of the deal. And this comes as a surprise. Maybe it might be related to the ongoing, uh, you know, impact of the Pulwama tragic incident that has happened. So we don't know. Let's see. I think PSL is uh, looking out for a new broadcasting partner. What I read on Twitter is that they have found some somebody who is able to replace uh, this company. And the let's say the tournament uh, tournament itinerary will not change. Also, the commentary team might not change, so they may have got uh, got a very good deal. So, Wasim Khan, who's the new MD of PCB, said he they always had a contingency in place, so they're probably executing that one, right? So, uh, also in other minor PSL news, Hafiz Mohammad Hafiz's tournament uh, seems to be over because. Uh, he's had a bad uh, hand injury when he stopped. Uh, when he, in his own bowling, he tried to stop a strong hit from the batsman, and uh, he sort of dropped the catch. But more importantly, injured his finger very badly. So Salman Butt has replaced him in the PSL uh, team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rahul Lahore Kalandars. But the problem is, um, I think it's, it's such a 
you know major injury that they are saying his world cup might be in doubt that that comes across as a unfortunate thing for him right yeah okay so now there has been uh, some uh, talk about uh, stump mics being turned down or turned up so mm-hmm. would you like to weigh in on one side or the other giri on this debate well i'm i'm going to sit on the fence on this one i'm i'm not i'm going to be a bit cautious before introducing this uh, uh-huh. or you know full fledgedly i would say i think the uh, um, stump microphone has its uh, advantages uh, along with disadvantages the advantage being uh, you can enjoy the game from mm-hmm. you know from the perspective of the players and the kind of banter they are having uh, in between them mm-hmm. that's the advantage the mm-hmm. disadvantage is that uh, on one hand uh, some nasty things are going to be said out in the middle and uh, this will also be captured whether we would should hear those kinds of things or not that's another that's up for debate i think that's another story altogether um yeah. so i'm going to be a bit cautious I, i don't know if we are ready for that yet or which we'll ever be ready for this because uh, you're going to take some character out of the game if you introduce microphone and people will get more aware of what uh, you know when the, the players will get more aware of uh, become more aware of uh, what they're going to say out in the middle and maybe it will, it probably will take the intensity out of the game i don't know what's mm-hmm. what is uh, your thought on this i think you captured the let's say the duality or the uh, duality in the nature of this debate very well you know it it has both advantages and disadvantages so for example the advantages you're right you know we live in a pc world and there is no room for things like racism or mm. you know homosexual uh, homosexual hatred and these sort of things right homophobia out there so maybe those things don't belong on the pitch but at the other end some real funny stories in cricket have come out of these characters who are sometimes a little politically incorrect but th- these are some of the most enduring uh, stories if you were to recollect i mean most of this i can't mention on air but the banter between botham and uh, rod marsh for example or ramnareshwaran and magrath maybe that was a little unsavory one or the funnier one is edo brandes and magrath right so yeah. uh, edo brandes and one of the other fast australian fast bowlers so when you remember some of these slightly funny stories it does it does not bode well if you remove all the character out of the game it might be too much polished maybe it's not a good thing but on the other hand there is still no room for racism or homophobia right so some of these unsavory things may have to be given up by the players while still retaining some color that's a big challenge so the other thing uh, somebody like fika the you know the australian player body sort of made a comment that not all parts of a debate or not all parts of an argument or not all parts of a conversation might be heard and that might give unnecessary color to an argument that may not really be required for example in the latest example of shannon gabriel being banned he owned up to what he said and that was rightfully a wrong thing to say and he was penalized that's right but what if tomorrow uh, only a part of the conversation is coming uh, on a stump mic and the other player who is actually does not have anything to say because it's a he says she says or he says yeah. he says in this case in front of a match referee he would not have a leg to stand upon that might not be a good thing right you might want to be a bit cautious when it comes to these things that's why i think uh, sanjay manjrekar spoke out saying turn the stump mics down it might not be a good idea but then i think everybody and uh, their uncle jumped on him saying what you saying mm-hmm. etc because you know there is there is room for uh, pc Uh, police out there so somebody like moin ali had a very valid point he says turn up the stump mic because i think he's been a 
he's been a target for many you know target targeted comments against maybe his religion or his choices that he has made in life so then i think as a recipient of some very bad remarks i think he may have some points there but sanjay manjekar also may have a point so it's a very nuanced debate i don't think it's easily concludable you got that right but yeah. you know as we were discussing off air maybe it, it makes sense that players are made aware there is this stump mic which can be turned down any time on and it will be let me put mm-hmm. it like this so they are always forced to be on their guard and their best behavior but then there is still some color that is written because i think that's what they did in the indo india australia series that's when they recorded this pant and uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, debate conversation debate sitting yeah. indeed mm-hmm. so there there has to be some color that still remains that that's what we go there for we don't go there to see very well policed uh you know matches but yeah let's see let's see I mean, somebody who plays a little bit of first class sorry club scene here in the netherlands i know what it means you know there is so there is some color and it should remain that's my opinion all right any more try on this debate giri no i think for now we could uh, we, we can take it up <laughs> another time there's a lot of points to talk about here i think we, Indeed. it's going to be a spicy conversation the one thing i can say to add to this matter is that uh, in the latest episode of one tip one hand i think they have uh, a guest tasneem samar khan who uh, is a contributor with uh, gorilla cricket and also i think she's a human rights lawyer outside of that so i think she made a very cogent argument on both sides and why where let's say the decision should fall that's a very nice and entertaining episode i would recommend it to anybody who's interested so moving on quickly so we had another uh, interesting match today uh, list a fixture between oman and scotland where roman were bowled out for 24 kiri were you able to follow this or maybe later on no, i just i just saw it uh, later well, the, uh, you know the result i just saw the result i didn't go through the details i think you're right it started very early in netherlands time at 6:30 and even before i was awake i think it was finished more or less because <laughs> the match lasted a mere uh, you know 20 hours more in twin more or less so batting first roman scored 24 where the highest score was 15 made by khawar ali batting at 3 and the next highest uh, scorer was extras who made 3 and uh-huh. then uh, so there were 24 all out so scotland only required the services of three bowlers who shared the wickets between them and then they scored the runs in a matter of you know 20 balls so that was that so it was a very uh, let's say one sided match so tomorrow or let's say later today oman get another opportunity in the second list a match between the same teams let's see if they can do a bit better right uh in the one of the last points we have for today we were reading in the papers today nasir jamshed will be in trial uh in the uk in december so if you remember in the previous edition of psl he was uh, sort of caught along with two other individuals uk nationals who were trying to you know um, set up a spot fixing ring in the psl uh, tournament and uh, so pakistan board has already found and penalized about five other players right with the varying degrees of uh, uh, punishments so uh, nasir jamshed himself was given a 10 year ban by pcb effectively ending his career so uh, the other people who are sort of caught uh, and are admitted to something were sharjil khan who also faced a very long ban khalid latif uh, both of them were banned for 5 years then of course mohammad nawaz mohammad irfan and shahzad hasan received very small sentences mm-hmm. but i think they are now trying to earn their way back into the team but uh, i think uh, we could effectively say the careers of sharjil khan and khalid latif are over and of course that of 
Nasir Jamshed is over. Now, on top of it, Nasir Jamshed will face some courtroom proceedings and he may get a custodial sentence in the UK. So this is something that we came across in the papers today. So just a quick mention on that. That's about it for today. So uh, uh, all that remains is a bit of housekeeping. So before we go to the housekeeping, I think uh, let us ask the trivia question for this week, Giri. So yeah. we, you know, we, we post these uh, uh, periodic uh, quizzes on our uh, Facebook page or on our Twitter account. So we encourage all our followers to sort of listen to this and participate or come look at it and participate. You know, You're, we're very much interested in finding out which way the wind is blowing when it comes to cricket, ongoing cricket events. And we would set up a quiz that is very much in, uh, you know, in concurrence with these events. So we would be very much enthusiastic if we were to also get some participants. Yeah. So today's trivia question is, uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, our previous episodes a bit. We actually discussed this in one of our previous episodes. So if you have been hearing all our previous episodes, you know the answer to this question. So the question is, who is the highest run getter, that is the aggregate, in Ranji Trophy history so far? It's very easy if you've heard our previous episodes. So we are looking forward to more correct answers this this week or in the for the upcoming week. So uh, you can always get in touch for the answer or for other things, for comments and so on with us using our uh, mail ID, which is armchair.cricket at gmail.com or on Twitter at armchaircrickpod or via our Facebook page. So do keep in touch. Do keep listening to our uh, episodes. So as we have already discussed, there's quite a lot of cricket that we can look forward to in the upcoming episodes, right? So thanks a lot for listening to us, guys. Uh, have a nice rest of the day, wherever you're listening from. That's it from us. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Armchair Cricket Podcast.